Welcome to the Mount Pisgah Student Life Podcast, where we will talk about all that God is doing right here in our ministry. Um, Father God, you are such a good God. And Lord, we, we come into this space tonight from a lot of different places, um, with a lot of different reasoning um, and a lot of different purpose. Lord, any time we come together, there is always going to be differences of, of desire. Uh, but Lord, tonight I pray that, that we set aside what we came in with for the purpose of receiving from you. Father, let us experience the spirit that is present. Let us decide to buy into that tonight. Lord, let the spirit of worship that is being cultivated here um, through your spirit not be be drowned by differences lord father give us the desire for you give us the boldness to to move aside from everything that we have come in and brought in with us and for the next 15 minutes lord set our minds set our eyes set our hearts on you so that we can choose to step closer to you. We love you. Name of pray. Amen. Amen. All right. We are in a new series. It is it is March, um, which is wild. And this series that we're going to be in for the next five weeks, is five Wednesdays in March, um, is, is called Questions Jesus, Jesus Asked. Um, and the reason we are talking about this is Jesus is the guy that always has the answers. Right? Every time we see Jesus, he is answering questions. He is um, rebuting what, what the Pharisees are asking him, trying to trap him. Jesus always has the answers, but Jesus always asked several questions. Throughout scripture, we see multiple times where Jesus comes out and asks a question. And so doesn't it make sense that if there's a person who knows all the answers, we should really pay attention to the questions that he's asking. Um, if y'all are in the corner, I want y'all to come back over here for this message, please. Um, so tonight we're going to start this series in Luke, uh, chapter six. So if you have your Bibles with you, go ahead and pull those out. We're going to be in Luke chapter six, um, to see one of these moments where Jesus does ask a question and the reason he's asking the question and what we can take from the question that Jesus asks. Um, at this point in scripture, this is called um, the, the preaching on the, the plains um, or the Sermon on the Plains, which is, is shorter than the Sermon on the Mount and, and talked about a little bit less. But it's this moment where Jesus goes through several teachings in a row, and all of them are about how we can live. They're not kind of these big picture, like overarching, big, big thoughts of what is heaven, what is God, what is our relationship. Is here is how you are called to live. He goes through the Beatitudes. He, he talks through loving our enemies, which is one that we really struggle with. And then he teaches three things in order, one, two, and three. He starts with the thought of judging others. And it, his, his central point of that and, and where he really lands with that is we have to take stock of who we are, what we are lacking, how we are falling short, where we are sinning, before we have any business judging the people around us. 
he kind of builds on that in, in uh, Luke chapter 6, starting in verse 43, where he talks about a tree and its fruits, where Jesus kind of opens up this idea of, look, there is something that you can see happening here, and it's purposeful. That if you want to see the goodness of a tree, you, you, can, you can judge that by its fruits. And what he's talking about is if you want to judge the heart of men, or if you want to see your heart, you have to look at what is coming from that. So he starts with look inside before you look outside. And then he says when you're looking inside, what you can judge yourself on and what you can launch from in that kind of central thought is what fruit is happening in my life? What am I doing for the kingdom? What, what is my relationship with Jesus producing? Not what works am I doing so that I can have a relationship with Jesus, but what is my relationship with Jesus producing? And then we get into this last teaching, this, this third kind of in these, in these three, and he starts it with this question in verse 46. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? Man, that's a tough question. Jesus is looking out at this crowd. It's a, it's a really big crowd on the plains. There's a ton of Gentiles. There are a ton of Jews. His disciples are there. This is a massive crowd of people who he is preaching to, and he is looking out at these people, and he says, hey, why do you call to me? Why do you call me Lord, and you, and you reach out to me in these ways with no intention of doing what I tell you to do? What's the point? Why are you doing this? See, in the original translation of this, that word Lord, um, I'm going to make sure I say this right, would be kurios, K-U-R-I-O-S. And what that would actually translate to is ruler. So he's saying, look, you're calling out to me as, as this person of authority in your life because you want to be seen doing that. But why will you do that? Why are you so intent on calling out to me, even calling out to me in a, in a way that pretty much and, and pretty well explains who I am with no intention, with no desire to actually do what I tell you to do? Man, we live like that. We are excellent at learning the words. We are so good at saying, all right, I have asked Jesus to save me, and now all I have to do is pretend. All I have to do is just enough to be seen, saying the right things, doing the right things, and I never actually have to do what Jesus tells me, because those things are hard. I don't want to do those things, so I just have to do enough to where people don't ask too many questions, where my pastor doesn't get too nosy, to where I can still be you know, the, the funny guy or, or these other kinds of things, but I don't actually have to do anything for Jesus. And Jesus addresses that right here. He's, he's pointing out this, this discrepancy between the heart and what they're saying. Saying what you, are, what you are professing with your mouth, what you are saying, does not match what is in your heart. See, at this moment, we're seeing something that we really don't talk about in church and that there is a way to measure your relationship with Jesus. And it's not this, this works-based thing, right? We talk about that all the time. We love to talk about that works, what we do, what we produce does not equal salvation. And that is true. That is accurate. But what Jesus is saying here is a measure of our relationship with him. 
Because it comes from this balance, this equality between what we are saying and what our heart actually feels and is willing to do. And so he starts this last teaching after he has already started with look inwards before you look outwards. And then when you're looking in, what are you seeing? What is being produced to this moment of, I know most of you are not producing. I know most of you because Jesus knows everything. And he says, I know because I'm teaching you this stuff that you are crying out to me to be seen by the people around you with no desire to ever produce fruit with no desire to ever do what I'm asking you to do, what I'm telling you to do. If you were in this crowd, if I was in this crowd, this would be a really tough moment. Because I'm hearing Jesus explain me. I'm hearing Jesus in this moment describe exactly what I have been doing, the way I've been living. I've been so good at crying out to him, saying the right words, doing the right things, with no desire to ever do what he tells me to do. And Jesus addresses that in this initial question right here. And then he continues on. Starting in 47, he says, Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them, I will show you what he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and lay the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose, the stream broke against the house and could not shake it because it was well built. See, we love to think that obedience is optional. And in a way, obedience is optional because Jesus gave us free will. We choose whether to be obedient or not. And so while obedience is not optional, it is essential. It's essential. Being obedient to Jesus is essential in having a relationship with Jesus. Like, well, that's not fair. I don't want to always have to do this. That's not the way any of my other relationships in my life are. I disobey my parents. I don't ever have to do what my friends tell me to do. There is no other relationship in my life where obedience is truly essential. But in this one, in this one only, Jesus is saying the only way to have the true and genuine relationship with him is through obedience through having the, the equal measure of heart and speech, saying what you believe and believing what you say. And then he goes on to, to this parable about the, the house that's being built. And for, for Jesus, this is one of those moments where I love the imagery that he has. Jesus is a, is a great storyteller because he's, he's looking at these people out on the plains. And he's saying, look, following me gives you this firm foundation. And when the world breaks against that, when there is difficulty and you're not sure what's going on, it can't move you. It might affect you a little bit. There might be a change in your life during that time. But because you are built on the obedience of the Lord, to the Lord, that nature does not change. Your life is able to withstand and endure that. But then, of course, he continues because he really isn't talking to the people in the crowd who are living like that because he knows most of them are not. 
He continues and he, and he says this, but the one who hears and does not do them, he's talking about the commands that he has given them, the one who does not do what I command, they are like the man who builds a house on the ground without a foundation. When the stream broke against it, immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. This is how we live. We rebuild and we rebuild and we rebuild, and every time we get to this point where we're like, all right, this one's going to be safe enough. And the water comes in and just destroys that. He says it's immediate. He doesn't say it's going to be this gradual thing over time. Eventually, it's going to catch up with you. He says immediately it crumbles away because that's what Satan does. That is what the enemy is about. Is tearing away these things. We say, okay, that one didn't work. Uh, so this time, I'm gonna I'm gonna build kind of this house on this uh, idea of popularity. And then life comes along, and Jesus challenges us, and immediately it washes away again. So all right, this time, this time I've found it. This time I'm gonna find somebody to be in a relationship with. Because that's gonna define me enough. That's going to give me enough. And I've I've built my life on that, and I'm gonna. Be obedient in that place, and life comes along, and that relationship is challenged, and immediately it washes away. Or we say, listen, I'm, I'm going to make the decision that, that my life is going to be built on the people around me and the way that they view me, because it matters so much to me, the way that I'm viewed. And one person says one thing, I struggle with this. And our entire identity is washed away. And not in this beautiful way of being cleansed, but in this terrible way that at the end of that, I'm left with absolutely nothing. I have no idea who I am at the end of that. And over and over and over again, we, we continue to choose to build on something that's quick and easy. Over and over again. That's why Jesus is preaching on this. It's why he's teaching this as the third. It's why he's built it on look inward, then look to the fruit, then figure out where the foundation is. Because he's saying if it's not in this place, if this is not it, if I am not at the core, if I am not at the center, you have no shot. Because you cannot do that by yourself. So many of us find our whole identity in the judgment of others. Because it's one of the ways that we can be funny. That we can be seen as, as even discerning. And that's the lie that comes with judgment. As people see you as this person who is able to really understand what's going on. When in reality, you're just judging people. Or so many of us are like, man, I can really fake this fruit. I know enough. I've been at church enough. I, I know enough of the words. I know the lingo well enough where I can fake that. And I can go about my day looking enough like I am bearing fruit to where no one's going to question that. And then the first time that tree is shaken and nothing falls, we have no idea who we are. And in this moment of this question that Jesus asks, you have to imagine that he is pretty desperately crying out to this crowd to understand this truth. 
they're saying, what is the point? What is the point of crying out to me with no desire to follow? It's useless. I don't know you with that. You don't know me with that. It's only on how you live. That when the world comes to take it away, you remain. Because as much as it can pour, it says when the dam breaks, when the storm, the stream comes against it, the house remains firm. Megan and Eileen are going to come back up here in a minute. And we're going to go into a time of, of worship or reflection or really whatever you need that to be. But this is one of those messages that's really easy to, to kind of throw off. It's one of the truths that Jesus talks about that's really easy to ignore because it's easier to continue living here. Because one of the things that Satan has built for us is an abundance of this. There are so many ways that we can continue building our lives on something that does not matter, that is not sustainable, that gives us nothing. But there is only one way to build on something that is everlasting. So tonight as we go into this time of worship, reflection, I want you to kind of keep this progression in mind. Everything in our life begins with God's grace. Everything. God's grace is freely given, but it is our choice to take that on to choose that, to live in that. Our salvation is because of God's grace. Because he is giving that. That's where it begins. So many of us love to live in that, receive the grace, and then say, all right, that was all I needed, that's all I wanted, and I'm done. I've gotten everything from you I want to get from you, but it, it continues from there. Because after that, it becomes our faith. God's grace builds into our faith. Because from that grace from that moment of salvation, from that moment of getting to know who Jesus is and choosing to live in that, we begin to, to build this relationship with Jesus that is firmly and fully built on faith. We can't see him. We have to search. And he says, I'm right here in, in the faith that is required in that. And over and over again, when we fall short and we let that faith down and we fail in that faith, His grace is still there at the bottom. His grace is still there at the foundation. His grace is still this rock that everything in our life is built on. Because as we continue in that foundation point of grace, we can continue to fail and build back up into this point of faith. From faith, we get to the one that is our least favorite and the one that is the reason we fail so often. That's our repentance. With faith comes the understanding that we fall short. And we have to repent for that. It is a good thing to repent. It shows your relationship with Jesus. It is a marker. You know, I talk about fruit. Look at the people around you who actively repent. You want to see if somebody is genuinely living with Jesus? Look at the way that they repent. Because it is one of the hardest things to do. But again, because of God's grace, 
get to continue to repent and be forgiven. And then lastly, from this place of repentance, we get to our works. And the other way to say our works is to say our obedience. Because we keep saying that works are not what lead to God's grace. God's grace is what allows us to be in this place of work, of producing fruit, of producing something that is sustainable, that is worthy, that is worthwhile, of these things that are kingdom building, other than the things that are so useless that they are only a short amount of time. There are so many of us in this room tonight that are living in relationships around us that are short-lived for the purpose of having a short-lived relationship because it feels good right now. There are so many of us that live in this place where works look like whatever we want them to look like because at least we're doing something right. No. When your work looks like this, it's worthless. But again, all of these things come from, stem from, are founded on God's grace, the thing that does not fail, the thing that is continuous, the thing that we can always come back to because it is always freely given. So it's kind of a cheesy question, but it's worth asking tonight we go into this time of worship and reflection and I want you to do that however you feel led but what are you built on are you the person who is continually building on this and hoping maybe this time it'll be enough or maybe this time what comes against me won't be strong enough to knock it down and then over and over again you come back to God and you say God you weren't there and he says you weren't either or are you genuinely living here where you are daily accepting the grace of God where you are choosing to care more about what God says about you, thinks about you, the relationship you have with God than the way other people around you view you the things that we do in vain to build up our own kingdoms the things that we do without any worth because it feels good in the moment what are you built on? pray. Father God, you are such a good God. And God, we know how good you are because of your grace, because your grace comes first and is always there. So God, tonight we come to you with the understanding that we are broken, that we fail, that we mess up, that we fall short but that you aren't judging us purely by our works, Lord. You're judging us by our faith and our repentance and our way back to you, the, the relationship that you have with us that produce this fruit. Father, it is easy to leave this kind of life at the retreat. It is easy to leave this kind of life at church. It is easy to leave this kind of life at the first mention of struggle or suffering. So Father, tonight let us experience your grace. Let us live into our faith. Let that faith lead to repentance. 
let that repentance lead to obedience. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen.
6, verse 48, which is the one talking about building on a foundation, a firm foundation. And he describes the people building their house on a firm foundation as those who dug down deep and laid the foundation on rock. So when the flood came, the torrent struck the house but could not shake it because it was well built. While Tyler was speaking, what really stuck stuck out was the who dug down deep. And when he was talking about repentance and obedience, when someone's digging down to like the, you know, like firm rock that is like our earth, you're going to reach big stones that are hard to pass and that are difficult. And so as we're repenting and as we're lending our lives to God, we're going to get to parts of ourselves that we're ashamed of, that are hard to overcome and that really suck. (laughs) It really, really hurts. But what hurts more is having your house torn down by a flood. What hurts more is whenever you realize that your life has not been built on faith and that your life is not built on a strong, firm foundation. And so I want to sing the bridge as just kind of a finishing prayer because it's hard and we have to make the active decision to pick the firm foundation, to pick the rock. And it's going to be hard to repent for that. It's going to be hard to lend ourselves to God, to be obedient to him. But in the end, what hurts is your house falling down. What hurts is your life crumbling. But what doesn't hurt is the security we find in God. So whether you sing this with us, whether you close your eyes, whether you're standing, sitting, kneeling, just like make the decision and have a true, honest conversation with God that you want to build your life on a firm foundation, that you're willing to do the work, that you're willing to hit the hard stones, that you're willing to be ashamed of the things you've done because you know he's not ashamed in you. will pray with me. Father God, you are such a good God. 
Lord, the, the truth that Megan just said, Lord, that is so good. Lord, that on the way to the rock, Lord, we will meet obstacles. God, there are, there are those of us in here tonight that do not feel in any way worthy of your grace. And Lord, in so many ways, we are not. But we can't earn it because it's freely given. So Lord, tonight, let that be the word that, that we leave with. This access to the firm ground that we can build on that is sustainable, that is freely given. We can't earn that because it's your gift. So God, give us the desire to live into that, to dig down, to plant roots, to encounter the things that we are ashamed of. And through our faith based on your grace, Lord, let us be people who repent so that we have freedom to be obedient. Thank you guys for um, engaging in that time. Um, if you need more of that space, we will have more of that space. Um, we can even just put a Spotify list on if nothing else. But if you need to write prayers, we have our prayer wall over here. Um, but also tonight we have two people in the room that I want to introduce to y'all because they are two really awesome people. Um, up here is, is Mr. Hilliard. He's from the school. And right here is Miss Harrington, and she is from the school. Um, and then, uh, these two are awesome people. They know scripture deeply, um, and they also know the Lord deeply. They've brought some of their students with them tonight, so if you have not met some of our, uh, our new sixth graders from the school tonight, please take a second to meet them. Um, and if you want to come meet Miss Harrington and Mr. Hilliard, please do that as well. Um, we, we love the fact that we have people from the school that are willing to come and spend their time here with us. Um, that is a special thing that, that we really cherish. So thank you guys for spending your, your evenings with us as well. This kind of thing is a tough content to believe sometimes. Because so much of what this stems from is whether you believe that God is freely giving grace to you or not. If you need proof of that, come and talk to one of us. Because it is all over Jesus' life that it is freely given. We see it on the cross and we see it in every step he takes to that moment and after. You are people who are given grace freely for the purpose of being able to have faith to repent and be obedient. We love you guys. We appreciate you. We're going to keep saying that because it's going to continue being true. That we love who you are, what you're doing, and the lives that you are building in the kingdom.